Wave Award is presented for the people by Caesars Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. Download it. It must be 21 or older. Did you lose Mike Williams on your fantasy football team this week? Did you start Devon Achan? And should you pick up Trevor Simeon? What do you do with Justin Fields? So many questions today. We're going to answer them and a lot more. Welcome to week four of Waiver Wired. I'm Jen Piacenti here with me, my trusty sidekick, Eddie Spaghetti. Eddie, how are your teams doing? Do you have any 3-0 teams? I do. I, uh, I <gasps> tweeted out the score so last proud. night. I won by a point. It was a nail biter. Yes. Um, it came down to the Rams Bengals game. And uh, I had Kyron Williams. I picked up. I started him. My opponent had Jamar Chase, but I uh, Chase, but I had a nice lead. So I was like, okay, I feel pretty good about this. Yeah. But in the back of my mind, I was like, the one week I'm finally starting Kyron Williams, he's gonna have his worst game. And that like, I mean, watching that game, Stafford could not just get a pass to him. It was like so he was throwing the ball 90 miles an hour in the flat, just over his head. And then while Chase on the other side was having a phenomenal game, but luckily I had Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams and a few other players who have put up some monster numbers. So I won by a point. I am 3-0 in my main league. Uh, it feels very, very nice. Um, but the the one question I have for you is, did you pick up Taylor Swift off your uh, waiver wires? I did not pick up Taylor Swift, um, even though I had a blank space. All the rage. Oh, that's perfect. I mean, it's (laughs) again, like we were contractually obligated to talk about Aaron Rodgers in the off season during this NFL season, the most watched uh, regular season game in quite some time. We are now have to talk about the, the Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift combo. But do you, do you buy it? Okay. I I have to say, I, I admit I was completely shocked. Of course, I never would have bet that you would see Taylor Swift in the box with Mrs. Kelsey, Donna Kelsey, but even like the video that came out afterward of them walking out, come on. Yeah. They're, they're not really dating. She is not. And also like, I'm sorry, but why would you want to date Taylor Swift? Like, I don't, I don't get it. I, Whatever. I don't, the whole thing is so ridiculous. Yeah. I, I think that for her, everything is like this very um, orchestrated, planned out process. Absolutely. And I've heard this all from my fiance and other friends who are into her yep. music, that she's a big on the Easter eggs and the little uh, mm-hmm. hints here and there. Apparently, Travis Kelsey checked some boxes in terms of those Easter eggs. I believe there's a something about Travis in a, in a football music video in the number 87. They were both both more in 1989. I don't know. But and then reverse, like you said, why would Travis Kelsey want to uh, date someone like Taylor Swift, who you'll never be out of the line? life you're dating here but uh i mean who knows there's the documentary now about the kelsey brothers he's in a bunch of commercials he's becoming one of the faces of the league so maybe he likes the stardom um personally i just i'm shocked that uh kelsey and swift are a couple i think it's more of a publicity stunt than a uh a genuine genuine love match but uh yeah i've not claimed her on my waivers just yet and let me tell you what part of that publicity stunt should never have happened and that's the suit that kelsey was leaving i mean i'm sorry (laughs) But like, if you were like actually at a bar and you were wearing that, no girl would be interested. Mm -hmm. Like 0% of zero girls would be interested, but I don't know. I mean, I think the Kelsey brothers are funny. Actually. I watched their, I listened to their podcast. I think they're awesome, but it is becoming a little bit like, honestly, 
I'm a little concerned it could affect his fantasy production. I mean, maybe that's because I think too much about this, but if he gets too distracted with all this other stuff and the fame and whatever, and being a Kelsey brother, I don't know. I mean, the guy is already pretty old for his position. And he's got TJ Hawkinson and Sam Laporta now uh, chasing him down. So I don't know. I'm not so sure. I, I don't, Here's my prediction. Kelsey does not finish as the tight end one this year. Oh, I love that. It's a spice. T- I mean, he already missed a game. Maybe the injury flares up again. Uh, I could I could definitely see that. All, although with the, the output that the Chiefs offense had last week versus the lowly bears, that was something else. But I, well, I, I kind of do like bears. I do kind of like that. I like that a lot, especially with a guy, Sam Laporta, who we'll get into later, has been outstanding and uh, a few other you know good tight ends this year. I think it's a I think that's a, a pretty good prediction. Yeah, that's that's my prediction. And I'm going to blame it on Taylor Swift. And you have my permission, Taylor, to write a song about this if you want and make a ton of money and um, buy some Easter eggs or whatever you want to do. Get a magic eight ball. Taylor has to know that through the last few seasons, and we've talked about this, is how much the the tight end position in fantasy has been struggling anyway. So Mm -hmm. it's really a shame on her to want to ruin one of the few good ones we have. It really is. Speaking of that tight end position. I want to put death to the narrative that rookie tight ends cannot finish as a top 12 option that always bust. Okay. Yeah. Kyle Pitts has pretty much been a bust based on where you drafted him, but also it's the system. But as you just mentioned, Sam Laporta, he's the tight end three on the season. I think he really helped me win my matchup this weekend, like a few of them. I think he could end up being a league winner because of where you drafted him. And we were high on him in the preseason. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that he is now the number two pass catcher there behind Amon Ross St. Brown. And, and I honestly don't think that will even be affected when Jamison Williams comes back. I mean, how, how much have we actually seen Jamison Williams play at the NFL level? We're all so excited about Jamison Williams. I think we should depend on Sam Laporta and um, another rookie tight end, uh, Luke Musgrave. We'll talk about more of this when we get to the Thursday night game. But come on. Come on, rookie tight end. You can do this. I want you to I want you to destroy the narrative. Unbelievable. I mean, I feel like I've talked about Sam Laporta every week, whether it's on this show or minus three. I mean, he's cashing in all his player props, five catches minimum every game. And, you know, usually we always say the rookie quarterback uses the tight end as a safety blanket. It's like the other way around. Now, Goff's like, OK, my receivers aren't open. The running back in the flats not open. Guess who's wide open? It's Sam Laporta. Um, you know, Iowa tight end you or at least one of them. He's just been so consistent. He's been so good uh, i do have him on one of my teams he could be like a league a league winner type player almost like if i you, think he could be and yeah it's crazy to say that right. he's just been like the consistency is great um it's much needed for the tight end position and uh, i have no reason to believe this will slow down with laporta he's just doing everything right clearly understands the offense and it's fun to see this line's offense with like clicking i actually think when james williams comes back it's just one more piece the defense have to worry about in covering him, which will make it easier for Sam Laporta, who's just finding a way to get open. So uh, he's a must start, obviously, every week. Get him if you can. Uh, he's just unbelievable. And I'm glad this new you know rookie class of tight ends, Michael Mayer, had a two-point conversion on the Sunday night game with the Raiders. So I like to see the production from these guys. I've got another bold prediction since you were talking about league winners and tight rookie quarterbacks and tight ends. Guess who doesn't need their tight end as a safety blanket? CJ Stroud. Unreal. Okay. I know it's week two of me waxing poetic about CJ Stroud, but 121 pass attempts, zero interceptions. That's the most of all time for a rookie in their first three career starts. And and here's the crazy thing. He doesn't have his O-line. He doesn't even have Laramie Tunsil. Now he didn't take a sack this week, so they're getting a little bit better. 
But even more importantly, what did he throw for a 280 and a pair of touchdowns? Mm -hmm. They were never trailing in this game. They were never trailing in this game. And I think CJ Stroud is so exciting and no one's talking about him. I mean, like, I feel like we kind of started talking about him last week and they're kind of buzzing a little bit about him. But why aren't we taking CJ Stroud more seriously? He is the QB 12 so far this season, the QB 12. That means if you're in a 12 team league, you should have drafted him. It's really funny because, you know, going into this draft, obviously all eyes run Bryce Young, get Bryce Young. He's the guy that matters. Yeah. And then and Anthony Richardson. and then Richardson became a story, too, because he was Please. kind of underwhelming at Florida. But then he was like the project that people thought he could really, you know, his ceiling was extremely high. And Stroud was just this guy like, yeah, he's fine. He's not as mobile. He, he He's Ohio State, you know, the, the, the curse on Ohio State quarterbacks. And then the Texans make a great move. They bring in him and Will Anderson. Now they clearly have their guy. He understands this offense. I'm happy for Texans and their fans, um, you know, and now they have a bunch of pass catchers who I like. I mean, a young guy in John Mechie, who got his career back on track after, you know, defeating cancer. So great on him. And he has some weapons there. Damian Pierce behind him. Slow start, but I think he'll get it going. And I just like this, this Texans offense going forward. And I have no reason to believe that Stroud, I think Stroud going, like he's going to be a quarterback that you have to draft in like 10 to 12 team leagues to, 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 uh, to start as your quarterback. I think he's going to be that good. I think it's like 250 minimum passing yards every week and he's only going to get better and just not turning the ball over, which is so crucial. Being a rookie quarterback is great. And especially in fantasy terms. So, uh, you know, my hat, I tip my hat to you, CJ Stroud. Great start. Yeah. Not turning the ball over and like with no help. Mm -hmm. I mean, the guy has like no help. He's also got a rookie offensive coordinator. Yeah. I mean, it's really, truly impressive. So I really good on you, CJ Stroud. I, I do think he's someone you need to stash on your bench for bye weeks or you should be using in your super flex leagues. Sure. At this point, there's no reason not to. He's looked the best. Now, Anthony Richardson, obviously more upside because of the mobility as more mobility, but he is as of now still in concussion protocol. Mm -hmm. But that kind of brings me to the conversation about backup quarterbacks. We saw today that the Jets signed Trevor Simeon. Obviously, they need, you know, depth. I don't think Trevor Simeon is the answer. I think you're staying far away from Jets quarterbacks right now. But those teams that have really good backup quarterbacks, they're doing it. Look at Andy Dalton. Okay, I know they didn't win, but that was a lot more competitive. And it was great for your fantasy weapons. Adam Thielen went absolutely off. Adam Thielen revenge game this weekend, by the way, guys, in a really good matchup. So, you know, hint, hint, DFS lineups. Um, and then we saw Gardner Minshew pull off the win for the Colts, two excellent backup quarterbacks. Meanwhile, when we were all panicking about Joe Burrow potentially being out, we were not excited about his backup. No, not Browning. No, not him at all. Why don't teams and, you know, everyone criticized, you know, the Cowboys for, you know, getting Trey Lance, but maybe the Cowboys are right. Maybe you just have as much talent as much depth as you can at the quarterback position because if it comes down to Cooper Rush if it comes down to Trey Lance at least you maybe have a shot this this jet situation i mean i'm not i actually don't really fault them too much I, it, it, they were Zach Wilson should have been a good enough backup they really had a lot of bad luck but my point is for these championship teams championship contention teams such as the Bengals you need to have a really good backup quarterback. 
Yeah, I mean, you're 100% right there. And we have seen, I guess, the last, you know, three, you know, these three weeks, a lot of backup quarterbacks playing, which you didn't expect. Jameis Winston getting the game you mentioned. Dalton is one of them with the Bryce Young injury um, and, and a few others. I... I am really let down by the Jets doing this for, you know, obviously in the fantasy you know realm, you're now just basically saying Garrett Wilson and, and Dalvin cook and Brees Hall. Like, you know, if you have deeper leagues with like Alan Lazard, like, Hey, sorry, they're just going to be non-factors all season long. Now, um, obviously you cannot continue with Zach Wilson playing quarterback, but my issue lies with, you know, signing Trevor Simeon who hasn't really had, uh, a great or a, even a good season overall since like 2016 with Denver. And he's not somebody that you like, I'm not seeing a Trevor Simeon signing going, all right, great. Well, the jets issues are solved. Like they're going to win games and they're going to be productive in the fantasy world that neither is going to happen. And, and to me, it's just, it's a real letdown. It's a real slap in the face to jets fans. When you go all in this offseason, you bring in Rogers and you bring in, like I said, uh, Dalvin cook and you bring in Lazard and Cobb and you get all these pieces like, Hey, we're really going to go for it. And then you lose Rodgers, and then it's like, well, with all the league, a lot of teams have backup quarterbacks who are, you know, available. I would say, and then just to sign Simeon, I just, how much better is he than Zach Wilson? Is he moving the needle whatsoever? So I, I think it's a huge letdown. I understand it's going to cost picks, but there's guys out there. Like there's, there's people. There's like Jacoby Brissett. Go get him. Somebody who can move the ball downfield. Zach Wilson. Jacoby Brissett would be such a. Oh, Jacoby Brissett should be starting for a team, in my opinion. Who I mean, okay, so who would you, you said Jacoby Brissett? Well, there are rumors that Carson ago, Wentz, Wentz and yeah. um Matty Ice have both reached out. Yeah. And apparently they weren't interested in either of those two players. Matt I mean, Ryan we don't said, know. We're uh, not in Yeah, Matt Ryan's to the range, he, but I Carson Wentz it. is kind of where I would have gone. Sure. He would have won MVP the year that he got injured, obviously the Nick Foles Super Bowl that year. Like Carson Wentz was great. I believe more in Carson Wentz than I do with Trevor Simeon. I know Carson Wentz had a rough go the last few seasons, but he wasn't in great scenarios. And I also think, right. obviously, until this week where Jameis Winston had to play for the Saints and Andy Dalton had to play for the Panthers. I thought those guys were in play for the Jets to make a trade. Like, what are you really giving up for those players? And I think there's a lot of teams with some other guys there. Like I mentioned, Brissett, you could go out and get – uh, like call, give a call, like, go to the Cowboys. Hey, how much does Cooper rush cost? You brought in, you, you brought in Trey Lance. How much does Cooper rush cost? Because like the, the, the shelf life, your, your window to win in the NFL is so small and you can't, as a Jets, you just can't go, all right, we'll, we'll run her back next year. It'll be exactly the same. It's not going to be the same players will leave. They will get hurt. They will get worse, whatever it is. So it's like, you have to win now. And plus if Rogers really wants to get back for the playoffs, like you have to get somebody who is uh, a, a lot better than Trevor Simeon. And again, I understand that Zach Wilson's a net net negative, but, and, I, and that's why it ties into the fantasy world too, where it's like, you have these, like you have the rookie of the year, and Garrett Wilson, a guy that I said on the show that I think could lead the league in catches this year, and he's obsolete now. And you have a great running back in Brees Hall who willed you to the win in week one versus the Buffalo Bills. He's obsolete now. They go make the signing for Dalvin Cook, who a lot of people drafted, obsolete now. It just It's just frustrating to see from uh, uh, you know a, a watching game on a Sunday and from a fantasy level that the Jets, a team a lot of people had to win the AFC East, potentially make a Super Bowl run. They're just like waving the white flag going, yep, it's going to be the Simeon and Zach Wilson show this year. And I, I shame on them. I think it's terrible. It is pretty terrible. Uh, let's talk about another really terrible team and their frustrations for fantasy, and that's the Chicago Bears. Um, I have Justin Fields in quite a few leagues, and um, luckily I've been able to still – I'm 3-0 in one of them, I think 2-1 in the other, but it is becoming uncomfortable 
And at this point, I don't, I went out and made claims for backup quarterbacks because just like a real team, you better have a really good backup quarterback. If your first quarterback busts, gets injured, et cetera. So, you know, last week I actually had a debate in my high stakes league. Do I start? I went and made a claim. I saw someone dropped Russell Wilson, which first of all, why? There's no bye weeks. Who is it that you had to get that you dropped Russell Wilson? I don't know. I don't know what this person was doing, but I put a claim in for Russell Wilson. And then it came down to it this week and everybody had Justin Fields ranked higher than Russell Wilson. I went to like every fantasy analyst and I just knew in my gut, I had to start Wilson and not Fields. Listen, they both kind of stunk in real football terms, but at least Russell Wilson is usable in fantasy football terms, right? He's actually what the QB eight, I think for the season. Let me see. Yeah. They're losing games but QB but it's eight not, for the season. It's not Russell's He's been fine. Yeah. Right. So I started him over Justin Fields, held my breath, won that matchup. By the way, that also came down to a Monday night thing. It was Chris Godwin versus Joe Mixon. I think I ended up winning about like four points. This is like my high stakes league. So I was like praying on this. But anyway, Russell Wilson, thank God I started over Justin Fields. Now this week, you've got these two players facing each other. Everybody has Justin Fields ranked higher. Who would you start? Russell Wilson or Justin Fields? Russell Wilson, 100%. I have Russell Wilson. Um, a, a team I have I kept Rodgers, drafted Deshaun Watson late. Obviously, Rodgers goes down. I picked up Russell Wilson immediately. He was not drafted. Um, I Again, he has not been the reason the Broncos have been abysmal. Um, and I think Justin Fields, I, he was a guy I did not buy into. I did not believe in the NFL MVP hype. And I just think there were so yeah. many issues last year. For half the season, the team was afraid to throw the ball. And then now this year, again, it's not even like there's no really design runs for him, which is a huge concern. And then the fact that like you you see this game film of him just like throwing the ball into the backs of his offensive linemen, just missing guys. He he can't he's not comfortable in the pocket, whereas at least I trust Russ as a veteran. And I I just think that to me, it's a no brainer. You got to go Russ. And I think something has to change in Chicago, whether it's a benching of fields or a coaching change, because it's this what's going on right now is not working. So I don't think I don't fault anybody for taking Justin Fields, especially if you're getting him at a value like fifth round, like I did in one league because of the mobile mobile upside and for fantasy, not for real football, but for fantasy, that really pays off. And he was bad also through the first five weeks of last season, if you Mm -hmm. recall. And then he turned on the Jets and went great. So here we are. We're coming along that precipice, right? It's week four. We're like, can we get a repeat of last year? The problem is exactly what you mentioned. They are not using him in design run plays. And this boggles the mind. Why are you forcing him to play a way he doesn't play? This is the same question mark I had about Lamar Jackson for this season. Like, I understand why for longevity, for getting your money's worth, you want to make a more passing offense, et cetera, et cetera. But guess what? You're decimated at running back now in Baltimore. You have to use your best runner in Lamar Jackson. Meanwhile, they lost Mm -hmm. on Sunday. Okay. So maybe, maybe they're not using Lamar Jackson the way they should. The Bears are clearly not playing to their quarterback's strengths. And I understand wanting him to be better, getting him all the passing options. But how, how are you not fixing this? How are you not just... It's like, insane. It's it's one of those things where the 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 OC and the coach are trying to pencil him in. Like, it's a square peg in a round hole. Like, he's not... 
uh, Tom Brady or Peyton Manning, a, a pocket passer. This is a guy that is best when he's moving. He clearly can't. He has no pocket awareness. He has no presence in the pocket. He likes to roll out. He likes to scramble. And then what does that do when he does that? It makes the offense uh, uh, scarier because the defense now is like, well, he may run. Stevens is no. The last couple of weeks, Stevens like he's not running. He has not been. There's no design runs. He's clearly not going to beat us with his arm. And I just don't understand why they're trying to force this current iteration of the. And it's, the same thing happens for the Ravens too. But I, with Fields, I mean, I, I just don't get what the Bears' vision was for him as a player. I think it's okay to just admit he's better on the run. Let's design some runs for him. He is a, a scary runner. And then when the running game is going well with him then you could kill the other team with the pass right. because i just don't get how they will be expecting we, it exactly we see this they don't i don't get it i don't either and here's what's incredible to me if justin fields can't be good this week versus the broncos who just allowed nine rushing touchdowns and 70 points to be scored in them over 400 rushing yards okay we'll talk about that in a second then when are you going to do it because you are both, both teams are 0-3, okay? Chicago has to do something to win. If you have Justin Fields, I understand why you would start him. And you you probably should, unless you have a great option. If you don't have a great option, I mean, like, for me, like, honestly, I would start Fields over Dak Prescott this week. Um, I would start him over a few people. But this is probably it for me. This is probably your last chance, Justin. Mm. And then you're going to the bench. And and as I said, like if my choice is like Justin Fields or Mac Jones, I'm going to start Justin Fields. But if my choice is Justin Fields or Russell Wilson, which I have in one league, I think I got to go with Russell Wilson. Sure. I totally agree. And I think it's a fantastic point by you. Like this is really the last straw for Justin Fields. Like, the Broncos gave up over 700 yards of offense I to mean, the Miami Dolphins. Like if, if Justin Fields does not show like a glimmer of hope in this game, there is no reason you to be starting. And I understand too, before you know anyone tweets to me, it's like, well, I drafted him really high. I made a trade for him. I understand. It doesn't that. matter. Everyone has probably done that, but you have to move on. We just said five minutes ago, how great CJ Stroud's playing. Go pick him up. Like just get somebody who's going to at least produce points for you uh, before Justin Fields, you know, craps the bed again. And then it's like, all right, it's been four straight weeks of this. So uh, I think your point, like last straw, I cannot agree more. And here's the thing. Like if he were offering you a solid floor, if I believed he could, then I would say just keep him right. Because Brock Purdy is just going to kind of be a solid floor and you have, at least you have upside with Fields, but it looks like that floor may drop out. Oh it, yeah, it, it's terrifying. Uh, and, and DJ Moore, what a waste! I mean, they got him on the hot mic where he's talking like oh, he yeah. knows they're not using him right. I mean, the whole thing is obviously not good in the clubhouse, and that's concerning. As far as the running back room in Chicago, also confusing. So Khalil Herbert and Rashawn Johnson basically an even split now mm-hmm. after this week. So if Rashawn Johnson is out there on your waiver wire, he's a running back you might want to target because as the season goes along. That could be more for him. And certainly, again, to this week's matchup should be good if the Bears are smart, which yep. is questionable. And again, with like, you know, the game, they're they're getting game scripted in a way that where they have to pass. So defense like, OK, Fields beat us with your arm and he's not been able to do that because they're getting blown out in a bunch of games. It's just it it really can't get much worse uh, in Chicago right now. And like you said before, like this game versus the Broncos, like this is your last chance. You got to prove something. If not, it's like big changes have to come here. Got to blow it up. You got to move on from your, your high draft pick. Like, I'm sorry, but this is, this is not working.
Okay, everybody, we'll be right back after this quick break. You know, when the conversation turns stampers, I always go with my number one as Caesars. Let's talk about them a little bit, shall we? Tickets to the game, merch, meals at iconic restaurants, stays at Caesars Palace. All this can be yours when you bet with Caesars Sportsbook. Win or lose, every bet earns rewards credits, which you can redeem across the empire. Now, if you haven't started yet, register using this code. Listen up, Omaha Full. The word Omaha and the word full. And then you place your first bet up to $1,250. If you win, great. If you keep those winnings, but if you lose, you'll get your stake back as a bonus bet. 21 and over only. Offer valid and must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Maryland, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. New users and first $10 plus wager only. Must register with eligible promo code. Bet amount of qualifying wager. Returned only if wager is settled as a loss. Maximum bonus bet, $1,250. Bonus bet expires 14 days after receipt. Tier credits and reward credits will be added to account within seven days after qualifying wager settles. See caesars.com slash promos for full terms. Void where prohibited. Know when to stop before you start gambling problem. Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino, call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Licensed through Horseshoe, Bossier City, and Harris, New Orleans. Massachusetts, call 1-800-327-5050 or visit gambling helpline ma.org michigan call 1-800-270-7117 illinois maryland new jersey tennessee virginia west virginia ohio pennsylvania affiliated with harris philadelphia if you or someone you know has a gambling problem crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER or west virginia 1-800-GAMBLER.net new york call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. That Dolphins team that put up 70 points um, in the preseason, we were all like, oh, they've got to get a running back. Surely they'll trade for Jonathan Taylor. Maybe they'll sign Ezekiel Elliott, uh, Leonard Fournette. We had all these ideas. Kareem Hunt. It looks like Raheem Muster and Devon Achon are having no problem. Now, the interesting thing about Devon Achon is that he was a healthy scratch mm-hmm. week one. That That's not a good sign. That being said, we kind of had a similar experience with DeAndre Swift, right? Where we were right. like, okay. Uh. So maybe they just weren't ready the first week. I don't know. Maybe it was gamesmanship. Who knows? But clearly the kid is great. He's got breakneck speed. I mean, he is fast between he and Tyreek Hill. I mean, that team has got to be the fastest team in the NFL. 
and he can catch. His good catching ability. He's out of Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. And then you got Raheem Mostert, the veteran, who is like, he's always been really, really good. The problem with Raheem Mostert is he can't stay healthy, but he has been one of the best running backs in the league. Now, how long can he stay healthy? I don't know. He's 31. And that's why Devon Achan should be a really high waiver claim for you. Not because he's going to score four touchdowns probably ever again in a <laughs> single game. He went off on like a lot of my benches, I had actually held him. A lot of people dropped him after week one, by the way. He was kind of a sleeper pick for a lot of people mm-hmm. and they dropped him. So you should look. He scored 50 points on two of my benches. And in one of them where I was playing James Roday, I had to use him because I was so desperate because I had like us Saquon out or somebody. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I'll just put in a John. Maybe this will be the week. And he, I, I crushed him. I crushed him. And he was awesome. Former guest of the but, show. Yeah. Yeah. I, so yeah, you should use your waiver claims. And Raheem Mostert now, by the way, the number one running back this year. Let me wait. This is this is always a fun game. Let's talk about who are the number one uh, by position. Let's talk about the the top running backs. And tell me if you had this order on your bingo card. Raheem Mostert, number one. Christian McCaffrey, number two. Everyone was so worried. Christian McCaffrey's injury, number two. Ken Walker. Ken Walker. Everyone was, oh, Jack Charbonnet. Mm-hmm. Tony Pollard. We called that one. Sure. Devon Achan. Okay. So that's five running backs. This is how bad the Broncos run defense is. Devon's only played in two games. And he's the running back five. And the Dolphins. The Dolphins have two of the top five running backs. Tyron Williams, number six. Brian Robinson, number seven. James Connor, number eight. Bijan Robinson, number nine. Jerome Ford at number 10. How many of these guys could you have gotten on your waiver wire? I count at least four. Oh, every bit. Yeah. I mean, and, and there's some guys you thought maybe they would, you know, Bijan obviously could be in the top 10. Kenneth Walker, maybe an outside shot at the top mm-hmm. 10. Um, McCaffrey uh, and Pollard are the only CMC two. CMC and Pollard predicted. being there. Yeah, of course. And everyone else is like, yeah, they just like late. There's a lot of like zero running back strategy guys that are in this, in this list. And that's kind of what the league is now. Um, it's also crazy that the same team has two guys in the top four uh, alone. And like you said, only played, didn't even play the full season yet. Um, like missed the week one. So that it, it's wild. And I, you know, I would just add on with that. Uh, the Dolphins offense, man. I, I Mike McDaniel is awesome. Everything is like he, is. he just opening up the field. He's letting Tua throw in the field to to Tyree Kill. It's crazy that Jalen Waddle was not in the game and they scored seventy points over seven hundred yards of offense. Um, and then the, there were some questions about like how can we trust this this Dolphins um, offensive line? And they had the running backs who were kind of unproven in a sense. And the offensive line blocked great, and it's, it makes life a lot easier when you have Tua chucking the ball down the field. So everything he's calling is right. And that, you know, I put on the rundown, like just always start every dolphin. It's like, I feel like they're just so good. They're firing at all cylinders. The offense is so explosive that even if you just like, all right, I got to start this guy. You're, there's a chance we'll score a touchdown. And so I, I love watching this team and they are, I mean, it's just, they're must watch. They're the greatest, the new greatest show on turf. Now, um, Quarterbacks, also very interesting. Two people in the top 12 that are definitely um, were waiver wire ads. Number four, Jordan Love for the season. Jordan Love is number four for the season. Huh. Okay. Could have gotten him on the waiver wire. Probably still can. Rostered in less than 50% of leagues. 
And CJ Stroud, who we mentioned, number 12 on the season, available pretty much in every league still. And I don't know why. So just go grab him. I'm not saying start him necessarily right away, though the matchup is good this weekend. But, you know, we got Herbert Cousins, Tua, Jordan Love, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts, Russell Wilson, Jared Goff, Josh Allen, Deshaun Watson. That's who we got. And CJ Stroud. So obviously only three weeks in. One thing that has held true is that Kellen Moore has been excellent for your fantasy football teams. Okay. Justin Herbert right now, the top scoring quarterback. Again, a lot of people were really disappointed in his performance last year, but remember he was playing through an injury. Kellen Moore loves the vertical offense. And I was really high on Justin Herbert and his weapons coming into the season. Unfortunately, Mike Williams now out for the season with that torn ACL. So the question becomes, how do you replace that? Well, we know Keenan Allen is can continue to be the top dog. Dude was monster on Sunday. I mean, absolutely a monster. And again, another player that people are like, oh, he's too old, whatever. Mike Williams was also a monster on Sunday, but now you're out. So two options. Quinton Johnston is the rookie out of TCU that everybody's really excited about. Thing is, he's about 50% rostered already. You may not even be able to get Quentin Johnston. Mm-hmm. And honestly, even if you can, I'm not sure he's the guy, at least not yet. Now, I love Quentin Johnston. I'm a horn frog. He's an f- athletic freak. Yep. He's incredible. And he profiles like Mike Williams, right? He's tall, he's big, he's fast. He's just very Mike Williams-esque. But Josh Palmer is probably the guy. Uh, Played 11 of 13 snaps, every passing play after Williams left the game. And we've seen him fill in before for Williams and Allen. He's only about 12% rostered in league. So probably the play here to make is to put your bids in for Josh Palmer. Sure. I mean, he's the guy that's used to the offense. Uh, one guy is only three weeks into his NFL career. I, I don't, I totally agree with you though. Like Quentin Johnson down the road, his size, his athletic ability, watching what he did at TC was unbelievable. He was my favorite receiver in this draft. So the Chargers have a good guy. It stinks. Yeah. It's at the, you know, the cost of Mike Williams, but weirdly enough, the Chargers drafted Johnson for a reason to right. replace those guys. If they would go down with injuries so and much like, depth, the offense is still clicking, you know, because of Herbert, even missing Eckler and then now missing Mike Williams. So uh, I'm, I'm with Donald you know, Parham. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're finding Harold a way. Everett? Yep. I mean, so yeah, that I just think, you know, and, and look at the difference between the Cowboys offense and the Chargers offense after losing Kellen Moore. I'm not saying that it's better or worse for winning actual football games, but for fantasy, that's the offense you'd rather have, the Chargers. Cowboys obviously having major, major, incredibly frustrating red zone issues. CD Lamb doesn't have a touchdown yet, friends. Uh, that's a big, huge shock to me. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I'm going to work that out on my own, not on the podcast. Sorry about it. Um, I, by the way, I I was so bad. So after two really strong weeks of picks for the extra points league, I was like way out in front. I was awesome. And I don't know if I like predicted this on our podcast last week. And I was like, oh, I just happened to put together two good weeks. Don't worry, I'll stink soon. Well, it was this week, friends. I got three right. I And I really didn't think I was wrong on the, I mean, like I didn't feel great about the board, but I didn't feel bad about the board. But I was like, I went from hero to zero faster than the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> like, 
I totally was a Dallas Cowboy this week in my picks. So anyway, still middle of the pack, I think top four on record because I got out to a strong start, but oof. Brilliant. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not worried about your your picks. Have always been great. Everyone's due for a, a flare up. I had a, an all time bad flare up last week, so I'm kind of back in the pack now uh, with eight wins there. Look, like the same way the Cowboys kind of overlooked their opponent. It happens. It's early in the season. <laughs> we'll forget about it. Team way where I'll be back in the top of the leaderboard in a few weeks. I'm not worried about that. Oh man. Okay. Uh, so anyway, back to <laughs> replacing Mike Williams. Um, I'm going to go back to Houston one more time and talk again about Tank Dell, who we talked about last week. He followed up that 72 yard, one touchdown performance with a five catch, 145 yard, one touchdown performance this week. And again, they were not playing from behind. I expect them to be playing from behind in the future, which is going to be even better for Tank Dell. And he's running outside. He's running whatever route they want him to run. Now there is a lot of competition there, which makes it tricky. Robert Woods, John Mechie, as you mentioned, um, Nico Collins, of course, but it just seems like Dell and Stroud have a connection and they're kind of growing together. And, and I just love him. So he is probably my top waiver claim at the position this week. Uh, though Josh Palmer is also very interesting. Another guy um, that I think we should all start looking at it, but more specifically, Sean Payton should start looking at is Marvin Mims. Mm -hmm. He actually leads the team with receiving yards, even though he like has no snaps <laughs> and like no targets. <laughs> I, I that leads up. the team there. And I do think that'll get better, but you know, he is averaging 7.29 yards per catch with a 78% catch rate. It's, it's one of those things too, where like the game scripts kind of forcing them to pass the ball. Yeah. Um, and deep. I think, and, and deep and Russell is, you know, through his career has been a pretty consistently good deep passer and the running game doesn't seem to really be going. Javante hasn't had a, a great season so far. And the one that you can count on is Russ running from the ball deep and having a, a couple good young receivers. Uh, I, I picked them up for that exact reason. The most yards, I'm um, like, they're going to be down again. That defense is not great. And uh, so I, I think that's a, a really smart ad if you can get them. Also, I heard rumors, and they may just be rumors, but I also heard rumors that they might be open to trading Jerry Judy still. I don't know. Yes, that was the that was the talk of the offseason. Yeah, he was linked to the Giants but, for a bit. I think they, you know, they could probably get a, a pretty penny for him. And I, I think, unfortunately for Broncos fans, I think a, a rebuild is probably coming sooner rather than later. Yeah, I think so, too. Uh, it's just so frustrating. But luckily, at least Russell Wilson is usable for fantasy. And you can't not start Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton yet. Because of those negative game scripts, I want more from Javante Williams. He should have a good matchup this weekend, and so does Samaji P. Ryan, but we shall see. Mm -hmm. Let's talk tight end just really quick, um, and that will also kind of loop us into the Thursday night football game. Great. I think Luke Musgrave is an ad at the position. Um, as I mentioned, Sam Laporte is a tight end three through – Game, three games this year on a per game basis. And Luke Musgrave is the tight end 13 on a per game basis. So he is eking his way up into that top 12. His 89 routes run are tied for the ninth most at the position. He's been targeted 16.9% of the time on those routes. So that's not a monster number like Laporta, who's been targeted like 26%, which is why we're so high on him, but it's still a very solid amount. And I think that he could end up a top 12. The matchup this week is actually very good versus the Lions. So it's it's odd, but I have a feeling, Eddie, that you and I are both going to be bullish on the tight ends for this Thursday's matchup. 
Oh, without question. I mean, well, to get in, in, into Musgrave even more, nothing, like I said before, with the, the young quarterback, the tight end becomes a safety blanket, especially when the guy is six foot six and over 250 pounds. I think down the road, he's going to be like one of those big time red zone targets, plus the injuries to Aaron Jones and, and Watson and Green Bay. It's like, well, he's the constant. He's on the field. He's playing. You get a little bit of rapport with Love, who he seemed very, very comfortable. So I love Musgrave going forward to be a top 12 tight end. And um, you mentioned it, you know, bullish on these tight ends here in this game. Laporta every week, whether it's on minus three or whatever, or this show or any other show that uh, people hear my voice. I've been saying Laporta is the guy he's been going over receptions over um, total yardage every week. So my player prop easily for him is over 42 and a half yards and over 4.5 receptions uh, on Caesars. Right now, the Lions are giving a point to the Packers and the total is 46. I'm probably leaning Lions in this one. Um, but man, Laporta is just a fun player to watch. And Jared Goss been great, whether home or the road. So uh, I love his props to go over there. Where, uh, what is the line right now for Musgrave? Is it 34 and a half? I will pull that up for on you. Caesars? Last I checked, it sounds about right. Yeah. That's the weird thing with the tight ends lately. I have noticed too, is like a lot of um, catches, but the yards has been uh, Hunter Henry's been like that or not a ton of yards, yeah. but it's been um, a lot of uh, uh, catches though. Uh, right now, Musgrave is at 37 and a half. 37 and a half. Okay. So it's gone up a little bit. I'm still going to take the over there because no team has allowed more receiving yards to opposing tight ends than the Lions. Uh, 263 receiving yards and about a 70% catch rate. Uh, 36 targets. Uh, tight ends have been targeted 36 times, which is a lot more. That's seven more targets than the team after when facing when facing the Lions. So um, I'm going to go there and I'm going to take the over for Luke Musgrave. I'll, I also like the Sam Laporta call because he is essentially their wide receiver too. So you don't think yeah. of him, you think of him more in, in line of a TJ Hawkinson. I think of him like a TJ Hawkinson. And in fact, he is playing the TJ Hawkinson role in the exactly. movie of the Detroit Lions. Yeah. I so, mean, he's, he's a guy that he could having a tight end who could block and catch is so vital and so crucial to teams. And like you said, he fits in that Hawkinson role. Uh, if you're looking for the odds, too, I don't think I mentioned the odds. The over Laporta is minus 133 on yards. Um, he is plus 118 if you go over the receptions at four and a half. And then for Musgraves over, um, his odds right now are minus 133 on Caesars. Well, let's see. How many receptions does Hawkinson have? Hawkinson has 23 receptions. Laporta has 18 catches across three games. So that's five plus. Mm -hmm. um, he sees more than seven targets per game. Okay. So that is the second most, third most behind Hawkinson, who leads with the most targets per game. And both of them, again, operating like wide receiver twos in their offenses. So I like both. I like both in this matchup. Now, if Christian Watson is active, which they're saying maybe he will be, then maybe wait because the Luke Musgrave prop may go down by a couple yards. Sure. Uh, so I would actually wait to take that one. I would go ahead and lock in the Laporta one now. I don't think you're going to get you know much better than that. And I might hold on the Luke Musgrave until Thursday morning, just in case we get word on Christian Watson, also on Aaron Jones. By the way, Jordan Love still playing very well without yeah. Christian Watson and Aaron Jones. So super impressive. Yeah, great game for him last week without his top players. Uh, AJ Dillon, a little disappointing there, but uh, Love is yeah, a guy too, that I think 
that, you know, you got to look in years from now, you'll, you'll be starting him every year in fantasy. Couple more things to mention before we get to your questions. Uh, Derek Carr's sprained AC joint is week to week. So it's possible that we're going to get a start from Jameis Winston in what would be a revenge game narrative versus the Bucks. So that's kind of fun, but DFS play only. I do think you'll be fine with your fantasy weapons. You can still start uh, Michael Thomas and Chris Olave because we know Jameis Winston has a big arm and it's a favorable matchup. So no problems there. Alvin Kamara is back this week. So don't worry about Jamal Williams. I mean, unless you have Jamal Williams, but I guess you planned for this anyway. Kamara is back this week. Let's not talk anymore about Tony Jones Jr. and blah, 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 blah. It's just Kamara. Yeah. That's what you're doing. Uh, Aaron Jones is expected to return. Uh, To me, that gives a little bit of a boost to Green Bay. I like that they're getting a point. I still haven't decided how I feel about this matchup. But Green Bay is just, how did they cover the spread? Two? They're two and one, I think, against the spread. Mm-hmm. Um, that was one that killed me. That, you know, that moved. That line moved. Yeah. And when yeah. we picked it. So that's the other thing I just want to say. We pick these on like, I pick them on Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of things change between Wednesday and Sunday. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo is in concussion protocol. It's a juicy matchup for whoever starts. Uh, so start your Raider, start Devonte Adams, obviously. But anyway, uh, Bryce Young's status is up in the air. Uh, personally, for your fantasy weapons, I think you want to root for Andy Dalton for this week. Obviously, for football terms, we are rooting for Bryce Young. But as far as fantasy goes, you might like another week of Andy Dalton here. Um, what else? Uh, oh, yes. Ty J Spears outsnapped Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry is the RB 18 on the season. I do not. I know everybody else thinks that Ty J Spears is coming for his job. I do not. I think uh, it's, it's wise, I guess, to roster him, but it's not like he was good. Okay. Right. I mean, the Browns defense is really tough, but like he's so much better than Derrick Henry. Is he the handcuff? Yeah. Are they going to change their offense to have him? On the field more than Derrick Henry? No. And also, we know Derrick Henry was banged up. We weren't even sure he was going to start. So I think everyone should calm down a little bit. I, I just I think people get so excited about discovering the next genius thing and calling the next best. I, you know, Derrick Henry is getting older. He might be a bit injured. All of those things. You knew that when you drafted him. I do think DJ Spirits should be rostered as a handcuff, but he is not taking. Derrick Henry's job. You're not suddenly going to see him have 120 yards and two rushing touchdowns. I just don't see it. That's I'm, my personal opinion. I'm with you on that. I'm not all, Tennessee's offense has been super underwhelming. And then the other side of the coin, Cleveland's defense has been outstanding. outstanding. Um, and you mentioned it like Derrick Henry's not getting any younger, a lot of wear and tear in that body. I think it's just more of a, uh, a thing putting in Spears to spell Henry a little bit to keep him sort of fresh right. throughout the game. But again, like their offense has been so lackluster that he's almost getting there. The running backs running the ball is getting game scripted out of there. So I don't think it's going to be like all of a sudden Spears is rushing for 150 every game and forget about Derrick Henry. I think it's just a case of the offense has been pretty bad. Henry's banged up. Henry's getting up there in age and they have to have a guy to run the ball out besides him. So I'm with you on that. I'm, I'm not going to go crazy over the Spears hype. You think they're moving on from Tannehill soon? I mean, if, if, again, you go back to the Jets if the Jets were smart. Like, yeah, like they, they drafted back to back years, Willis and Levis. And then now you're going to uh, keep on Tannehill and, and, and like, I go make a move. What does he cost? 
fourth round pick. Like, yep. I don't know what, like go for Probably it. Like, get Jets. him in. He's better than Trevor Simeon loads mm-hmm. better than, than Zach Wilson. I think he should be on the move. The Titans. I mean, look, Rabel is an outstanding coach um, and they have some good pieces on offense, obviously with Burks and Henry and such. But I, I just think that, this uh, current iteration of this Titans team has to probably start uh, from scratch again. And I, I think the first step is to move on from Tannehill. What if cousins loses this week? If he wasn't so expensive, I would say he's the best option. Yeah. Cause I think he's yeah. still taught. He's chucking the ball around the yard, like crazy. I mean, his yards yeah. every week is, is great. Um, oh, they, they can't really run the ball. So it seems like, he, I mean, with, uh, that was Addison's, my bet of the week. His, his passing yard was only two eighty eight and a half and a half versus the nuts. chargers. That was like the easiest prop I've ever played. I think. Yeah, yeah definitely. Okay, everybody, we'll be right back after this quick break. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. All right, let's get to the listener questions, Eddie. They ask, we answer the best we can. What have we got today? So I'll start with the first one. Um, it's, um, do you bench Montgomery for HN? Um, this week? I mean, I guess you just have to see if Montgomery is is healthy. Um, but probably not because the matchup is much better for David Montgomery and you still got Raheem Mostert. So yeah, I don't think I would. Uh, right from Twitter. And I promise everyone who tweeted, this is uh, up to the minute. So I try to get all the questions in here. I'll we'll start with this one from uh Lord beer me strength. Um, who do I, uh, do, who do I start in the flex Jalen Warren or Kareem hunt? So Jalen Warren, because the Houston Texans still stink versus the run. They're not as bad as they were last year, but they're still struggling versus the run game. And we're seeing Jalen Warren be more efficient and look like a much better runner than Najee Harris. So I think that this is the week to start Jalen Warren. Kareem Hunt was fine last week with the Browns, but he is older. Uh, Jerome Ford is clearly the guy. I mean, it was a terrible matchup last week and Jerome Ford dominated. So Ford is the guy. And I would go with Jalen Warren, who might be the guy in Pittsburgh. That could happen. And this week, oh. it could happen. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I agree with that. Um, question coming in from Chris. Uh, would you drop Jahan Dotson for Josh Palmer? I know you brought up Palmer a little bit ago. Chris, that's a really good question. <laughs> I think I might have the exact same question in one of my leagues right now. No. But if you did, I wouldn't fault you. Jahan Dotson has underperformed our expectations, but he's still running more routes than anybody in Washington has the same target share as Terry McLaurin. Now they don't have a lot of great matchups. And of course you're dependent on Sam Howell, but I think it will get better. And we know he's a big red zone target. He has been for them. So, so that adds up to a lot of points quickly. Josh Palmer. I love, as I mentioned, I love Kellen Moore offense for fantasy and there's a spot there, but there is still Quentin Johnston. There is still Jared Everett. There is still, um, Gerald Everett. There is still Donald Parham. There is still Keenan Allen. So, and Austin Eckler, if he comes back, right, let's not forget about Austin Eckler. So I think I would hold to Jahan Dotson, but I understand if you feel like you need to make the move now, I, I wouldn't fault you. I personally am keeping Jahan Dotson. 
Okay. And uh, Jen, for our, we have two last questions, both revolving around Justin Fields. So this is one's coming in from McBreeze and one's coming in from Kelly. Uh, McBreeze said, what are we doing, Justin Fields? Kelly said, I have Justin Fields at the short bench. So her question was, um, do I give him one more shot with Denver this week, which is exactly what we talked about, or should I drop him uh, or uh, Drake London and pick up Love, Stroud, or Purdy? Oh, man. So I don't think I can drop Justin Fields quite yet because I'm afraid of opponent picking him up. London, I'm a little afraid to drop too. He's going to pop off for days. And when you have bye weeks, you're going to want a wide receiver one option. I believe I would give Justin Fields one more shot because I don't think if they haven't already picked up Love, Purdy, or Stroud, I think you got one more week to try to play Justin Fields in this matchup, which should be at least a floor. Take a look, see how he does, and then decide. Of those three, I would pick up Jordan Love because I think you're going to get the most solid floor right now. And in order, they would be Love, Stroud, Purdy because Purdy is boring. He's boring. He will get you what you need. He will get you the win. He's never going to light up your fantasy stat sheets. I think Stroud will give you the same floor, but I think you're going to have more upside because of the negative game scripts that the 49ers are never going to be in. Totally right. When they are, it's going to be all Christian McCaffrey or Eli Mitchell. So uh, that's what I would do. I would play Justin Fields one more time. However, if you are frustrated, it is a good matchup this week for Jordan Love. Well, McBreeze and Kelly, you heard it. Like we said all in the beginning of the pod, this is the one la- Hail Mary, so to speak, for uh, for Justin Fields' his last chance. So um, there you go. Stick with him for one more time. And that's it. And thanks for everyone who wrote in the questions at Extra Points Pod, or you can send them to myself or Jen. We'll read them on air up to the minute. Um, and then obviously subscribe to our Twitter and Instagram and to our YouTube channel. We'll have a little bunch of really cool stuff on there very, very soon, including the Minus 3 pregame show. That's right. We have a ton of content for you guys. So be sure to subscribe to that YouTube channel so you can see our faces too. They don't look that good, but I was trying to make you subscribe to the YouTube channel. Um, Eddie, it's been an awesome week as always. So next week we will find out, is Justin Fields a stud or a dud? You don't want to miss it. Tune in to next week's Wave Wired on Extra Points Podcast Network.